Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. We are in the third core value of the Becoming series. To them that believed, he gave them the power to become since we started this church. That is a verse that God put in our hearts. Our desire, our joy, our dream is to see people become. Become first and foremost a child of God. That takes place at salvation. When someone accepts the Lord, accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they become a child of God. There's a kingdom transfer that takes place. I've had the privilege in the last two or three weeks of of praying with uh, two different individuals and leading them to Christ. And can I tell you something? There's nothing more wonderful than having someone accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But when someone accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior, it's just the beginning. Everybody say it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's the starting point. And then the plan of God unfolds. And the plan of God is inside and out. We become, we're transformed and we're changed and then we're used more than ever before. So we talked about the fact that, that uh, <clears throat> we talked about the fact that, that our, our values are pursue, love, and today we're going to be talking about serving. The title of today's message is Becoming as We Serve Others into Greatness. We want to serve other people into greatness because that's what the Bible teaches. And I, I believe that serving and these values that I'm talking about, there's a natural, it's the natural conclusion of pursuing and loving. I want to give you a, a quick equation here, okay? Pursuing God plus loving with his heart equals naturally everyone serving others into greatness. If you're really seeking the face of God on a consistent basis, and if you're really getting your heart filled with God's love, then the natural outflow will be that you want to serve. It's just, it's just uh, um, inevitable. It's like you can't help but serve and bless someone else. When your heart is full of God's love, God wants to bless other people. God is a kind and loving and merciful God. Jesus came to serve. You know what Jesus' mission statement was, right? Jesus' mission statement is found in the Gospels. I was, I was going to try to give you the address, but I'm, I'm just going to tell you what it is. His mission statement was this. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That was his mission statement. That's what he told his disciples. The king of glory came to serve. And as his people naturally to become, to actually be transformed by the power of the word of God and the Holy Spirit, the natural outflow of that is that you become a servant of others, a servant of God. How many would say amen to that? So when we serve, a number of things happen. First of all, when we really take the form of a servant, we humbly remind people of Christ. 
Servants make people think about Jesus. Secondly, we powerfully advance the kingdom, which is part of the, the focus of our message today. And I'm going to be reading from two different places. One in Luke chapter 22, and then another one in Matthew chapter 10. And I want to read uh, these to you first. The, the second verse is going to be part of the second point. Um, the first will be the first point. I don't typically do two different verses for two different points, but I think it really works today. Luke chapter 22. This is, if, if you read the whole chapter, what you're going to notice is this is, these are words that Jesus spoke to his disciples. Everybody say that would be us. Okay. This is right when they take communion, and after they take communion, Jesus is mentioning what's going to happen, basically says they're going to take him away and they're going to crucify him, and then a dispute breaks out among the disciples of who's going to be the greatest. It's kind of embarrassing, you know, to think that on the eve within hours of them arresting him, that his own followers would be worrying about themselves. But let's read. Luke 22, verse 24 says, A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was, was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. Now what they're saying is the people in authority say we're friends of the people and what we do is for the people, but they really lord it over them. They take advantage of them. They, they serve in a way um, that serves them instead of serving the people. This is what Jesus was saying. And then he goes on to say, but you are not to be like that. But you are not to be like that. Jesus said, don't be like that. But you are not to be like that. He said, instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules or leads like the one who serves. In other words, don't be like the world. Everybody say, don't be like that. I got to get you talking because you really look a little bit groggy. Not at the house. I know you guys are good. <laughs> but come on, levanta, levanta. <laughs> Wake up. So turn the lights on. Right. No, don't do that. So Jesus is saying, very, look, today's message is so important to our lives. I'm telling you right now, this is so important to the kind of walk and to the kind of, of uh, destiny, the kind of outcome, the kind of fruit. If you're, if you're 20 years old or 40 years old or 60 years old, okay, this speaks very important, in a very important way to what the end will be like, okay? And Jesus is saying, don't be like the world. Be like me. Be a servant. And the one who rules, like the one who serves. Do we have a little bit more here? Listen. For who is greater, 
The one who is at the table or the one who serves. Now, part of the reason that he uses the illustration of the one who is at the table, because the word servant is in the, in the Greek is diakonon or diakonos. It's where you get the, 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 the term where we have deacons. To be a deacon is to be a servant. And the literal illustration means to serve like a waiter serving at a table. That's why he's using this illustration. And he says, is it not the one who is at the table, but I am among, am among you as one who everyone, but I am among you as one who serves. And we're just going to leave it right there. Okay, Jesus came among us to serve. If you want to become, you need to become like him. And in order to become like him, we need to serve. So here's what I want to say, and I want to pray right now, because this message is for absolutely everyone, okay? If you were wondering potentially if this message applies to you, guess what? It applies to you. In fact, Pastor Dave was telling me that uh, his son, Elliot, the other day, was Elliot, right? Elliot is six. Elliot is six, and his son was saying to him, hey, Dad, I want to go and um, I want to go and clean the church. Or mom, and mom said, "Why?" Um, he said, "Cause I I want to I want to you know serve in the kingdom of God, you know." And then he said, "And I also want to preach." <laughs> and they said, "Well, stick to serving first, and we'll preach second. <laughs> Even children, our children should be taught to serve, because Jesus was a servant. Amen." So look, everyone is better when we serve each other. Could you say that with me? Everyone is better when we serve each other. And let's pray. Lift your hands with me. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, it's been such a wonderful morning worshiping you, honoring you, loving you, God. And now, Lord, we get to open the, the word and to receive. God, I pray that you would feed your people today. Feed our hearts, feed our souls. God, I pray that you would not just teach us something, but Lord, that you would inspire great change. God, we want to become. And becoming takes place as we serve one another. That's what you did, Lord Jesus. You came to serve. Not to be served. So would you put that in our hearts in a deep deep and powerful uh, way, Lord, so that we could expand the kingdom for your glory and honor. We trust you to do these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said aloud, amen, amen and amen. Okay, so I just have two quick points to make, and I want to walk through this uh, very quickly. First of all, one of the things that Jesus is trying to get across to his disciples, and if he was trying to reach them with it, he's trying to reach us with it, was this. Serving is a transforming kingdom value. Okay? Your values determine your lifestyle. So serving is a transforming kingdom value. Jesus was saying, don't be like this. You need to be changed to be like this. Don't be like that. Don't live for yourself. 
It's the value that makes our life a kingdom life. Serving makes a shift in our hearts that says, it's no longer for me, it's for him. It's no longer about me, it's about others. Amen. <laughs> Serving others into greatness is the key to kingdom advancement. In other words, there is a change that God wants to take place in our hearts that says, Lord, I want to be like you, and I want, I want to live my life for you by serving others, by putting other people ahead of me. And God is saying that if you become like him, you will be great. He's saying if you take that attitude, even though it might, it might hinder kind of the natural a, a, a progression of what you think it is to advance and succeed in this life. He's saying, I'm telling you right now, if you take my road, you will be blessed beyond measure in the end. If you take your road, you might be blessed in the short run, but not in the long run. As Christians, serving others makes us great. Putting other people ahead of ourselves is the most beautiful, the most wonderful, the most valuable thing that we could do. And the powerful thing is this, is that when we put other people first, we are not left out. You're going to see we're actually blessed more and more and more. Serving is what makes us an army. It's what joins the generations. There should be no generation gap in the kingdom of God. And I need to speak to that today. I need to talk about the fact that, that even though culturally speaking, the generation gap is greater than ever before. But it shouldn't be the case in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, there should be this unity. There should be this connection. There should be this, this honoring back and forth. And this rejoicing back and forth. And other people growing in their walk and in their calling. That no matter what the generation gap is. We're still united and we're still one. Somebody say amen. amen. Let me give you a classic example of this. And I'm going to poke at some stuff for just a, a minute here. But look at what, what, what uh, um, David, when he was uh, turning the kingdom over to his son Solomon, one of his chief leaders, one of the, the greatest warriors in the history of Israel, was they, were, they had decided Solomon is going to take the kingdom. Listen to this. And his name was Benaiah. And he said, so the Bible says, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, answered the king, amen. May the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king, so declare it. Like Solomon is going to be king. And look at what he says. And as the Lord was with my Lord, the king, so may he be with Solomon to make his throne even greater than the throne of my Lord David. So his right-hand man, one of his key people is saying, may your son be greater than you. And David didn't uh, cut his head off. David didn't say, David didn't say, how dare you say that? How dare you say that someone will be greater than me? In the kingdom of God, our burning passion, our burning desire is that we would serve others to be greater, to do more than we could ever do. Could somebody please shout amen? 
In the kingdom of God, we want other people to be better than we are. That's the way the Christians think. That's the way the kingdom of God operates. I know that this can be kind of difficult for people. But I want to say this. If you're older here, if you're older, and I consider myself in that category. A few years ago, I preached at a church back in Omaha. And, um, uh, you know, we had a couple services. And then I came home and... One of my friends called me and said, hey, you know, some, this young lady really had a meeting with God. I think she accepted the Lord. Um, and like this week, this few weeks later, she gave a testimony. And she said, you know, I was really living rebellious and all this stuff. And then she said, and then a couple weeks ago, this old buff guy came. <laughs> so I'm an old buff guy now. Thank you. I was like, at least you said I was buff, but man. So listen, this is very, very important. If you're older, you have to embrace your role to serve the younger into greatness. We have to be generous enough to pass on all of our tricks and all of our secrets. The things that made us special, the things that made us successful should be given away to the younger. We want our process to become someone else's shortcut. Could I hear an amen? amen? A true servant is not selfish with their giftings and with their discoveries. And it's so easy, it's so easy to say, you know what, these young people, they don't listen and they're so frustrating and they're so all of this kind of stuff. And young people, I'm going to tell you the truth, a lot of that is true. We'll talk about you in a moment. But even if it is true, we've got to keep trying. We've got to keep pushing. We've got to keep loving. We've got to keep talking. We've got to keep reaching out. Could somebody say amen? We've got to do whatever we can to reach the young people and to make them better than ourselves. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. The world says don't do it that way, but Jesus says don't be like the world. The world says, find it in your heart to serve other people into greatness. And look, I, I, I've, I'm in such unique com uh, conversations. I'm surrounded by young people. I find myself around older people. I hear older people saying, you know, these, these uh, young kids, the way they worship, the way they move, they're so rowdy now in their worship. They're so this, they're so that. And I'm like, look, they could be a lot of stuff, but I want them to worship. How many would say, man, this young music, I can't stand this young music. I know, but we can't be playing like, uh, I don't know, the Beatles or Billy Joel forever kind of thing, right? When I first became a Christian, what was that lady's name? Amy? Amy Grant. Anybody know Amy Grant? So when I first became a Christian, I, I, the first Christian song, I was like, oh, snap, these people even have their own music. It's like, this is a trip, you know what I mean? Amy Grant was, was the thing. You know, most people don't know who Amy Grant is. So if, if I'm going to build a monument to the old music, 
and reject the new music. You know what? I want to be the kind of old buff guy or skinny guy, or weak guy that can worship with the new stuff and the old stuff. I want to praise God when we sing on Christ the solid rock I stand. And I want to praise God when we sing be praised. Come on, someone praise the Lord with me. Put your hands together and say amen. We have to do ourselves a favor. This is for the old and the young. Listen, young people, when we sing something old, if it's anointed, sing it. See, that's the whole point. You've got you've to look for the anointing. If the words are true and if they're right, if they're right, who cares if the beat doesn't move you? But if you're, if you're older and the, and the, boy, you guys look so happy as I'm talking about this. I'm getting so encouraged. Your faces are really <laughs> blessing me. But if you're older and the beat is too much for you, worship God anyway. He's worthy to be praised. God, needs to, God wants to join us together. So, so listen, uh, um, let's get out of, oh, they have to learn themselves. I'm not going to say take what I suffered, what I struggled with, and give it to them for free. No, I suffered, I struggled, well, you do the same. That just slows things down. We want to speed things up. David, may your son be greater than you. Now, young people, if you're in your 20s, if you're in your teens, okay, if you're in your 30s, from my perspective, okay, just because you can Google it doesn't mean that it's right. Okay? See, all the old folks started clapping. Thank you, my sister. She's like, come on, I got a young person clapping. In other words, to miss out, to miss out, to not be a servant, to not take the role, the humble role of wanting to learn from people around you, you're missing out on the gold of life. You're missing out on gold. You're missing out on people who already been there and done that. Why make the same mistake that they already made when they told you I already did that? It didn't work. You see? And so there's, there should be this incredible connection. Listen to this. I want to say this to every young person. A selfish life feels good in the beginning, but it's empty in the end. If you don't take on the role of a servant and if you can't be humble and if you can't be teachable, part of what ends up happening is that your discernment is destroyed. If they could send a musician up. Your understanding of the kingdom of God is ruined. See, because a lot of times self will tell you that God said something that God didn't say. I hear this all the time. Okay, talking to someone, they're young, they know what they want. Oh, God said this, God said that. I'm like, really? Really God said that? I don't think that you could find five godly established men and women of God to agree with that. But see, when you don't, when you don't honor the people that God has put in your life older and you don't take on the role of a servant and you're like, hey, I'm here to serve them and they're doing their best to serve me. There's something. We, we're, we don't become the army. We don't become the revolutionary force that we were meant to be. 
You see, if the, if the young people in the body of Christ really are uh, Bible-centered, and, and they honor those that are older than them, and they're taking counsel, and they're, and they're listening, and they're not saying, well, I know nobody needs to tell me what to do, as if somebody wants to live your life for you. Let me tell you, when you get old, you, you're just so old and you're tired. Last thing you want to do is live someone else's life. But the last thing you want to do is see someone make a mistake that you didn't make. All of this happens to the best when we take on the heart of a servant. Okay, it's a value. And it shapes the way, the way we see things. It shapes the way stuff unfolds. And if you really want to hear from God, you need to learn from people who've heard from God longer. And if the people who've heard from God for a long time and they've got a proven track record, why don't you pay attention? You know, my, my, my youngest son, he's, he's in... He's, he's in a business, he's got his own business. And can I tell you, he has received so much help from people who've gone before him. You know what I mean? Just common sense. Talk to the older people. Come on, come on, young people, say amen. Because they've already been there. It's counsel is a blessing that should be flowing in the kingdom of God. And believe it or not, it's attached to a heart to serve. It's attached to the way we see this life. We're here to put other people ahead of ourselves. We're here to be connecting and serving one another and the older serve the younger and the younger serve the older and then we're all like Jesus and everyone gets better when we serve. So that's the first thing. It's a value that shapes every facet of our lives and it's so incredibly important that we serve. Now, in addition to that, there's some special blessings that come when we become servants. So serving brings what I'm gonna call compounding blessings and rewards. Compounding blessings and rewards, more like compounding interest. And I wanna read uh, Matthew chapter 10. Look, it says this. This is how the kingdom of God works. It says, if you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because, they're right, because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And, even if, and, and if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will be, everyone, you will surely be rewarded. So servants take the low place, servants take the back seat, servants, uh, 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 they, 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 don't, they don't need to be in front, but one thing is for sure, God rewards his servants. And I want to give you a sort of a, a quick, a couple of quick illustrations. And, and here's what this passage is, is saying. In the kingdom of God, your reward rests in the direct and indirect impact you make. Could you guys bring this out? So I have a quick, couple of quick illustrations. You have to put it right there. 
Come on, let's thank the servants. All right. Okay. So, in the Bible, the Bible talks about the fact that when we're born, everyone gets a different measure of gifting. Okay? Like the parable of the talents. One received two talents. One, three, one, five. Or one, one, three, one, five, one, ten. Everybody's gifted differently. Everyone has different abilities. And, um, uh, and, and, and some in the world, whoever has the most talent gets the most rewards. But it's not like that in the kingdom. It's not like that. The kingdom of God is different. So in the, in the uh, um, by the way, this has been huge, huge ministry to me. This passage of scripture. Okay? And me personally. So here's what it's saying. I don't know about you, but when I first, especially when I first got into the kingdom, I really felt, Lord, you gave me this much talent. When I, baseball, I got a lot of talent. Life, everything else, I got this much talent. What in the world am I going to do? And then the Lord gave me that verse. See? Here's what it's saying, okay? Let's say you're not the most talented person in the world. But the Bible says the greatest among you will be the servant of all. So let's say that you take your little talent, and by the way, only God knows who's the most talented, but you take your little talent and you go like this, and you pour a little here. This is the prophet, and then, and then you pour a little here, and you pour a little here, okay? Here's what the Bible says. If you receive a prophet, let's say this is the prophet, Let's say this prophet will reach the nations. Let's say the prophet will reach millions. Here's the way the kingdom of God works. If you receive a prophet as a prophet, watch this. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, okay, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. What? You mean I can receive the reward of a prophet without prophesying? That's right. Just serve the prophet. Okay, listen. What it's saying is this. The person who devotes their life to just being a servant. Serve here, serve here, serve here, because you never really know. Okay? What happens is this. When we all stand before God, the, let's say the prophet gets their amount of gifting. But this guy right here, if he's wise... He gets his reward, but he gets his rewards. He gets his rewards. He gets his rewards. How many know that's a lot of rewards? Could somebody say amen? In other words, in other words, it's not just what you do directly in the kingdom of God when you serve all of the impact of your serving God says, I'll reward you for that. You see? So imagine, imagine, see, and you never know. Imagine the, the youth leader who was Billy Graham's youth leader, right? They had no idea. 
but because they serve Billy Graham when we stand before God. How many know? It's like a kingdom Amway. You know Amway, how you get a little off of this one, a little off of this one? How many want to get a lot off of a lot of people? Because somebody say amen? You know how you do it? You serve. Whatever you have, whatever you can offer, serve. Because if you serve, whoever you serve, however God blesses them and rewards them, you'll get a part of that reward. Now let me give it to you real life. Okay, let's, I wanna, I wanna use this as a real life example. Bring out some of these chairs, uh, stools. So I asked a couple of our young people. I did a survey under 30. Okay, so this is Jimmy. Come on. Jimmy, how old are you? 29. Have a seat, Jimmy. Jimmy's 29, just got on staff. He's married. There's a little one, cutie, little girl. Just had a baby. How old is she now? Three months. Three months now. So look, I was here, and Jimmy plays the drums. I was here on Tuesday night. And Jimmy was playing, but two or three nights ago, Chris and I were talking about Jimmy. And we were saying, wow, Jimmy's such a man of God. You know, I was going to use Pastor Christian, Pastor Christian, past 30. He's, he's like 65 anyway. He speaks in King James. So I was like, so, <laughs> where is he? <laughs> so. So look, Jimmy is 29 years old, okay? Our dream, our, 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 our prayer, we have no idea. We just have great hopes. God has a phenomenal plan for Jimmy's life and may he do more. Right? This is... Olivia, Olivia, how old are you? 27. Olivia's 27. Olivia's been on staff two and a half years. She serves Pastor Edgar and super gifted, lots of abilities, gave her heart to the Lord. And um, you would not even know how much of an impact she has on our church. This little person, which I call her all the time, right? She has so much influence, and she's right there. Pastor Edgar's the chief of staff running the church. He runs the day-to-day -day operation around here. And she's right there, and she's helping him, doing all sorts of, there's so much work that goes into what we do. Okay? She's 27. Daniel? Daniel's 27, too. Daniel, how old were you when you first came to the church? Daniel was 16 years old. He's 27. Come on. Daniel, if he gave his testimony, he's, he comes from the rough side of the tracks, some challenging stuff in his life. But you know what? He's a man of God. How many want to praise God? He's a man of God. Daniel leads our band. He went from being a kid here. He went from being a kid that, that we used to say, hey, come on, stop it, you know, all this kind of stuff. Now he's a man of God. You know, how many know that sooner or later it happens? You know, 
but he knows how to, he knows how to pray. I could give Daniel the mic. If I was in trouble, I would give this guy the mic and say, Daniel, please pray for me because he knows how to reach the throne room of grace. How many know we need young men, 27 years old, that know how to reach the throne room of grace? Only God knows. Hardship, difficulty, suffering, the tears, the way God is going to use those tears for his glory. No one knows. Now, this is Annie. Annie, how old are you? Annie's 19. Come on. Annie got a surprise call this morning. Come down, you're in the sermon. Annie's from Texas, correct? Annie's from Texas. She's in our CSL, our Chicago School of Leadership. Come on, let's praise God. What in the world is a girl from Texas doing in Chicago in all of this craziness? You know what? God has a powerful plan for her life. How many would say amen? So look, so look. Hey, hey, Darren, I know you're taking pictures, but could you come on up here? Come on up, brother. Yep. He took the stairs, but he could jump. Let me tell you something. If, let me tell you something. If we had a push-up contest, no one would beat Darren. He is well buff. Okay. How old are you, Darren? I'll be 72. 72. He'll take all of us in those. Woo! So look, come on, stand right here. David, David and your wife, come here real quick. Chrissy, come on up here a second. Look, come on, let's social distancing. Don't want we sprayed everybody with all kinds of just okay. We're almost done. Musicians can come in a second. Wow, look at this vision of loveliness. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is my old buff guy. <laughs> so look, look, we like I saw Jose and Darcy. I, could, I should have called Jose and Darcy up here. They, two of the first people, founders of this church. What are we supposed to do? What we're supposed to do is take whatever we have, pour it in, pour it in, pour it in, pour it in. Pour it in. Serve one another's, and this is so sacred. This is so holy. This is so powerful. This is so important. A kingdom without servants is no kingdom at all. I'm telling you right now, we are called to be a great army for the glory of God. That army is only active if we serve. We're supposed to serve. We're supposed, supposed to take every opportunity. Now, I need to say this. The young people, you've got to receive. And you've got to follow the model. In other words, just because you're 20, you're like serving is for other people. No, actually, it's good for man. The Bible says to bear the, the burden while he's young. We need our young people serving 
like crazy. Every ministry, children's ministry, ushers ministry, sound ministry, every single ministry, we need our young people in it, making a difference alongside the older, the wiser, and something powerful happening among us and then through us. This is the kingdom of God. And I'm going to tell you right now, my, I had a friend once, as we go to close, I had a friend once who, uh, um, took another church, went to another church, and they invited someone to join the children's ministry, and the response was, children's ministry? I'm not joining the children's ministry, that's why we tithe. We tithe so you could do that. It's like, no. You give to worship and honor God, and you should also serve to worship and honor God. And listen, unfortunately, in the body of Christ, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Now, we are not, we have, we, we're better than that. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's praise God for, we have over 600 servants in our church. But the truth of the matter is, is we need everyone serving. That's why everyone should belong to a local body. Everyone should be someplace where they know you. And somehow you're, you're taking the best that you have and you're offering it so that someone else could be blessed. I want everyone to stand to their feet right now. I want you guys to stand. I know you guys go, go to work. <laughs> Let's get to work, brothers. But listen, reach out your hands toward them, okay? They stand proxy for all of the young people in the kingdom of God, okay? And we want to pray, Lord, bless our young people. Look. If this thing ends and we don't raise up young, godly, spirit-filled, holy men and women of God, we haven't done our part. We have to do it. We have to fight the battles. We have to reach them. We have to sacrifice. We have to give. We have to put up with stuff. We have to do whatever we can to build the kingdom. Now, so come on right now, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray for all of our young people. God, we pray that they would be mighty in you. We pray that they would do better and greater than we ever could, Lord. Make them godly. Make them holy. Oh, Lord, let them be filled with the Holy Spirit and power, oh, God. God, let them do more than we could ever do, Lord Jesus. God, put a spirit, oh, God, of humility, oh, God. Put a spirit, oh God, of love in this body. Put a desire, put a spirit of generosity in this body that we would serve one another into greatness, oh God. That we would put other people first and we'll put ourselves last. Do it, oh God. Do it. God, I pray as well, Lord. Now all of the young people, lift your hands up to God. God, I pray that you would turn our young people, oh God, 
into receivers, Lord, receptacles, oh God, that they could be poured into like never before, oh God. God, I pray that there will be a powerful connection between young and old, oh God. I pray, Lord God, that there would be a revolution to take place, that, Lord, relationships that would be unique and glorious and beautiful to you, God. We pray for relationships that are beautiful to you, oh God. Let our young people love to hear from the older people. Let our young people be hungry, God, to receive, oh Lord. And God, make us all servants, oh God. So come on, everyone. Let's just begin to pray. God, make me a servant, oh God. God, make me a servant, God. Lord, help us. Help us no matter what stage of life we are, Lord. Make us servants. Make this church, oh God, a place of becoming as we serve one another, Lord Jesus. God, make people servants online, oh God. God, do something quick and powerful, oh God, in us. God, put something deep, oh Lord, into our hearts, oh Lord. Help us, Lord.